Refuge, how you guys doing? How's everyone doing? Good? Man, it's been uh, it's a long time. I hope you guys are doing well. How many guys went to high school camp? Raise your hand, scream, yell, shout. High school camp. Well, first of all, we had Thailand, which was awesome. And I w- I've been here since Thailand, but it was, it was to kind of update Thailand. And the next day we left for camp, which was really cool. Uh, and then where are my junior high campers at? Junior high campers, scream, yell. They're a little more timid. You guys are a little more timid. Um, so it's been a crazy, awesome summer. And uh, how sad is it? It's coming to an end, people. Um, it's coming to an end. Uh, but um, I guess, what do you guys got? I know you guys got the countdown. What do you guys have until summer, until school starts? Is it for, high sc- for public high schools, is it August 26th? The day is coming, people. I apologize in advance. Um, Hey, tonight we are going to continue in our uh, study of parables. Um, Hey, real quick, uh, if you have a Bible, uh, I want you to open it to Matthew chapter 25. If you have an app, I want you to open up the app. Here's why. Usually we put the, uh, the, the, the scripture on the screen, but we are reading a really kind of lengthy story tonight, so we're not doing that. So uh, go ahead and get your Bible, your app out, or your actual Bible, Matthew 25. Uh, and while we do that, I want to kind of set up what we're talking about tonight. Here's what I believe about our culture. I believe that we are all fed a pretty serious lie. We're, pre- we're, we're, we're all fed a pretty a serious lie that even from birth we are fed. For instance, my kids have bought into this lie, and we'll get to the lie in a minute, but uh, uh, my kids have even bought into this lie that our culture sells us. And here's the lie. I got some boxes up here representing what we're just going to call stuff, all right? We got a whole bunch of stuff up here, and there's even a miscellaneous category in case what you have as your stuff isn't up there. You can throw it in this box, okay? There's just a ton of stuff, and here's the lie that we're fed in our culture. If you can just get enough of this stuff, I mean, if you could just get as much of a good reputation as possible, cash, cars, and maybe you don't even drive yet, and you're in seventh grade, and you're like, what? You're going to be fed the lie that if you could get enough cars, and here's what the new is, by the way. Uh, the new is, how many people have an iPhone 5? It's okay. No shame. It's okay. I wish I had one. Okay. That's the new. Well, guess what? That's not going to be new all the time. There's going to be a six, probably a five S first. Uh, and then there's going to be a six and then there's going to be an even smaller iPad. And then the new Xbox is coming out in November. I'm pretty stoked about that, even though I don't even have Xbox 360, but I, I decided to let that one go for the last eight years and I'll go ahead and maybe get the Xbox one. But, uh, we have the, the new is whatever's new. That's always changing. If we could just get whatever's new in our hands before our eyes, uh, uh, the miscellaneous category is for you. When you grow up, it's cool and it's like reputable to have like a nice house or maybe two houses. Uh, relationships, toys or whatever you look at as a toy. Uh, your motorcycle or a boat if you're older or whatever you might look at for that. Career status, uh, education. How many people are about to go to college? A bunch of people are about to go to college. Woo, good college kids. Um, no love for the college kids. Sweet. Uh, but that is something that is something that, that the world tells you, just get as much of this stuff, man. Fill this box to overflowing, and you will be happy. Fill these boxes, and then whatever else is left in this miscellaneous box, and you are going to be happy. My kids, I told you, believe this. It's true. Uh, we have, you guys know, we have two kids. Uh, Bryce is almost four, which is crazy, uh, and Avery's almost two. And here's what, if you've been to my house, under our TV, we have this area where there's just tons of toys. I mean, tons of toys. More toys than they can play with in one day. But here's what they think. 
Those aren't cool anymore. Dad, that was cool when we first, those are hand-me-downs. Like, we got those from friends. We don't want those anymore, Dad. And when I give Bryce my iPhone, all of a sudden, nothing else matters. The lie he believes is the iPhone's cool, Dad, and that garbage that's under the, under the TV, I don't want anything to do with that. If I could just have a more, more time with your iPhone or more time with Netflix, Dad, then I'll be happy. And that is kind of what we continue to believe growing up. And there's people all over this world right now who are a lot older than you that still believe the lie that if you just get as much of this stuff as you possibly can, you'll be happy. If you can get that stuff around you to kind of pad your life, you will be satisfied. And I don't know about you, but um, when I was growing up, and even sometimes now, there's this kind of flutter in me to, to, to one day be famous. Does anyone else want to represent and say you want to be famous? I know Tyler wants to be famous. That does not surprise me. Uh, Silas is the only one who wants to be famous. You guys are crazy. That's why you look at all your Twitter likes and, and your Twitter retweets, because you want to think, maybe I'll be famous for a minute. But it's cool. You don't want to admit it. Um, I have a, a flutter in me every once in a while just to think, man, these famous people, they really got it all together. Like, they, they, not all together, but they have everything you need in life. Like, they, they have all of the cash and all of the, the reputation, some bad, some good. They have all the stuff. And sometimes, if I'm honest, and maybe you would be too tonight, you think, man, if I could have just a bit of those luxuries, my life would be a little easier. I wouldn't have to worry about, uh, you know, how many likes I got on Instagram. I know it's going to be thousands. I I know that there's going to be a million people that retweet me because they care what I say in 140 characters. Maybe you would admit that's you. Sometimes that's me. And so this week I kind of researched some celebrities and to see it, it, does this stuff in abundance really make people happy? I mean, I think you know the answer is no, but we're going to kind of explore that together. Does this stuff really make people happy? Well, there's a famous actor. He's actually kind of losing his fame, unfortunately, and and part of this interview is why, but a guy named Shia LaBeouf. Who's ever heard of Shia LaBeouf? All right? Some of you girls are like, amen. Oh, man. I saw K-Ray back there. Uh Listen, Shia LaBeouf, he started on Even Stevens on the Disney Channel. Some of you guys watched that show. Uh, but his kind of breakthrough roles were uh, when he played uh, the character Mutt Williams on Indiana Jones and then, of course, the Transformer movies. That was like breakthrough. He is no longer Even Stevens' kid. This guy has potential in Hollywood. And he's good. Like, those movies are, are great movies. And he's a great actor. And he has all this stuff, like crazy amount of all this stuff. And about four years ago, everyone was saying, this guy, he's got the edge. Whatever that edge is in Hollywood, he's got it. And they were calling him the new Tom Cruise, and he's going to be the Tom Cruise of this younger generation. Tom Cruise back in the day was, like, crazy, even though now he's old or whatever. But he was really cool back in the day, and everyone's saying, that's Shia LaBeouf. And so uh, he, he got all that he could ever want in areas that are on these boxes. And so he was interviewed by a magazine called Parade Magazine. And the interview was super, super provocative because the way he answered surprised a lot of people. I want to read you some of this. You can Google this later if you don't trust me. Here's what Shia LaBeouf said in this interview. He said, sometimes I feel like I'm living a meaningless life and I get frightened. This is, this is I mean, this guy has everything that is on that table and more. Sometimes, he says, I feel like I'm living a meaningless life. I don't handle fame well, he said. Most actors on most days don't think they're worthy. I have no idea where this insecurity comes from, but it is a God-sized hole, and if I knew how, I'd fill it, and I'd be on my way. I don't have a clue what life is all about. Again, this guy is on top of the world. 
And then uh, he, he was asked, because it was kind of open, that he was kind of struggling with alcoholism. He was becoming an alcoholic. And so the, uh, the interview asked him, he said, well, why do you think you're an alcoholic? And Shia LaBeouf got millions of dollars, girls throwing themselves at him. Here's what he said. I don't know. It just does something in me when I go there. So I don't know the answer to that question. Maybe you're kind of done with the Hollywood world and you think, oh, that's too famous. And you're in Hollywood, people are following you the paparazzi. I would just want to be like semi-famous. Like, like, for instance, I grew up playing sports. Some of you guys grew up playing sports. And I, of course, like you, had those desires and those dreams. Man, I'm going to be that football star. But I was like four foot nothing, so it never worked out. But I'm going to be that guy that is on ESPN, that amazing top ten play. Or I'm going to be the baseball player that makes the amazing catch uh, and so maybe we think if I could just be that, then I would be happy. Well, one of the most famous quarterbacks, I'm not a huge fan, but I know he's amazing, is a guy named Tom Brady. Um, yeah, I know. If you're, a, if you're a Patriots fan, jump back on your bandwagon and be on your way. Um, but uh, Tom Brady, here's the deal. I'm not, I'm not a, a Patriots fan. I'm a Cowboy fan. You can hold your applause for that. I know uh, everyone here is a Cowboy fan. But um, Tom Brady's amazing. I'm not a huge Patriots fan, but this dude, they're saying he might be the best quarterback ever to play the game. And I I don't love the Patriots, but I I can't doubt that when you look at the guy play. Oh, and by the way, uh, he's got three Super Bowl rings and he's married to a supermodel. Okay, this guy has whatever. I see some of the guys going, "Mm mm-hmm, that's a good life right there. Yeah. Listen. You would think so. Man, this guy's got it all. But again, 60 Minutes sat down and interviewed Tom Brady. And you you can Google this. This This is real life. He says, why do I have three Super Bowl rings and I still think there's something greater out there for me? He didn't say this, but we also know he's not, he's talking about something greater than his supermodel wife. I mean, maybe a lot of people would say, hey man, this is what it is. You reached your goal, your dream. This is the dream life. Me, I think it's got to be more than this. I mean, this can't be what it's all cracked up to be. And the interviewer said, okay, Tom Brady, I mean, millionaire, Super Bowl winner, married to a supermodel. What's the answer? He said, I wish I knew. I wish I knew. I I love playing football, and I love being quarterback for this team, but at the same time, I think there's a lot of other parts about me that I'm trying to find. Tragically, you guys all saw it, man. It hit Twitter like crazy a couple weeks ago. Corey Monteith, the, the, the lead star in Glee, right? I mean, that's such a tragic thing, but you would look at the guy's life and say, you're about to get married to your co-star that you fell in love with on the set. What a romance story, okay? You're about to get married. You, you're on top of the world. You just signed on for two more seasons of a show that is just hugely popular. You got everything, Corey Monteith. But he sat in a hotel room all by himself, after partying out late night with his friends and with a mixed concoction of alcohol and a bunch of drugs, he overdosed. And Corey Monteith is no longer on the planet. You think, maybe all this stuff doesn't equal happiness. And here's kind of where I want to lead us into as we start on, on another parable tonight. I believe that there is a very real potential when we see it all over the world. I think we see it in Shia LaBeouf and Tom Brady and maybe even Corey Monteith. I don't know what his heart was before he passed away, but here's what we see. We see people that are chasing these things but are wasting their lives. So how do you, how do you not waste a life? How, how do you, if it's not this, how do you not waste a life? 
So we're going to look at a parable in John, or I mean, I'm sorry, in Matthew chapter 25. And here's what we've been saying all summer. Uh, parables are simply stories that Jesus told. And we've kind of given you a definition. If you haven't written this down, type it somewhere, write it down. Uh, so whenever you see parable in the Bible, you know what, what it means. The parable of the, and you know what, what that means. Here's what a parable is. It is a small story with huge significance for my life. It's a story that primarily Jesus uh, tells that correlates to the kingdom of God that has huge significance for your life. And I think we'll see that tonight. And so in Matthew chapter 25, uh, we're going to read starting in verse 14. Hopefully you have your Bible open in some form or fashion, electronically or real life. And uh, we're going to read starting in verse 14. This is the parable of the talents. Keeping in mind what we just heard about wasting a life. Starting in verse 14. For it is just like a man about to go on a journey who called his own servants and entrusted his possessions to them. Okay, I want you to visualize this, all right? Because I want you to follow us on the screen. So if you're a visual person like me, you got to kind of visualize this as, you, as we read, okay? Verse 15, to one, he gave five talents. Now, talents are a measure of money, all right? Some people say it's a, it, it, it's, it's a ton of money. So five talents is a good chunk of money. So for one, he gave five talents to this, this servant. And to another, he gave two talents. And to another, one. How many talents have been given now? Let's do some quick math. Seven. Eight. And by seven, I mean eight, because I'm bad at math. (laughs) Five plus one. Eight, okay? Five plus two plus one is eight, all right? So he's giving out eight talents. Five to one guy, two to another guy, and one to another guy. If you're with me, say uh, yes. Okay, good. I didn't know what word to have you say. I was got caught up there. Uh, 16, immediately... The one who had received, and then he went on his journey. Immediately, the one who had received the five talents went and traded with them and gained five more talents. Okay, so five talent guy has ten talents now, right? Do the math in your head. In the same manner, the one who had received the two talents gained two more. What does he have now? Great job, the graduated seniors only. Uh, Four talents this guy has. But the one who received one talent went away, this is very important, and he dug a hole in the ground and he hid his master's money. Fast forward, we don't know how long. It could be months, it could be years. But when the master came back for a, after a long time to those servants, he came to settle accounts with them. And one, he had received the five talents. He came up and brought him five more, saying, Master, you entrusted me five talents to me. You entrusted five talents to me. See, I have gained five more talents. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Verse 22, also the one who had received the two talents came up and said, Master, you entrusted two talents to me. See, I have gained two more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one also who had received the one talent came up and said, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. And I was afraid. And so I went away and I hid your talent in the ground. See, you have back what is yours. Verse 26, but his master answered and said to him, you wicked, lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I did not sow and I gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have put my money in the bank and on my arrival, I would have least received interest. Therefore, take away the talent from him and give it to the one who has 10 talents. For to everyone who has, more shall be given, and he will have an abundance. But for the one who does not have, even what he does have shall be taken away. Throw out the worthless servant into outer darkness. 
in the place where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. Intense. Okay. Recap. Two second recap. Five talents, two talents, one talent. Guy goes on a journey and says, I'm entrusting my possessions to you. Do well with them. The guy who had five talents goes, invests those, gets five more. He did well. He comes back and says, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. You did well with what I gave you. Two talent guy, same story. One talent guy. I was afraid. So I dug a hole and I I put your treasure. I put what you gave me, master, in the ground. And when you came back, I just said, here, here's what I did with it. He said, you wicked And lazy servant, take away what he's got and cast him in to outer darkness. I want to, I want to kind of unpack this for us. And I want us to see, listen, real quick. I know we're dealing with money, uh, but this is not about getting all your money. You're like, okay, well I have $5 in my pocket. So I just got to go trade and maybe gamble a little bit and uh, get $10. And Jesus will say, woo, good job. You missed it. That's not the point of this parable, okay? It has nothing to do with with material wealth or possessions because remember, this is a small story that Jesus kind of uses everyday things that people would understand in that world and he says, this is how the kingdom of God is. That's why it starts in verse 14, for it is like a man. What is it? Well, all throughout the gospels, Jesus is saying that to show us that it is the kingdom of God. So here's what he's saying. This is what the kingdom of God is like. Let me paint you a picture of these three guys. And here's what I believe the meaning of the story is. As you, as you study this in the original language, as you look at commentators, as you, as you look around and you, you, you study this story, here's what I believe is very significant we could take away today from this story is, is what the master gave them is parallel to what the master gave us. Master meaning Jesus. What did the master give us? Well, there's a bunch of people looking at me right now. Here's what I know. One thing the master gave you is he gave you your life. Your heart's beating. You walked into refuge today. You're going to go to the park afterwards, hopefully, and hang out if it's not pouring rain. You have a life that was given to you. You had no choice in the matter. One day you just were born and you had nothing to do with it. Your life was given to you by somebody. And we can parallel that to the master that you were given a life. And so let's look at these three guys for a minute and let's see how can we learn from this story when it, in regards to, to my life. Well, the first two guys are, are pretty similar. One had five talents and one had two, but their heart was the same and Jesus's response, or I guess I should say the master's response was the same. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. Even though one guy had a little bit more, maybe one guy did a little bit more with his, with his, uh, what he'd received from the master, his heart was exactly the same. I want to do well with what I was given. So the master says, well done. But the third guy in verse 25, I want you to see, and again, in the context of this being your life, you were given a life. Verse 25. I was afraid And I went away and hid what you gave me in the ground. I I was afraid. Here's the reality, guys, man. Some of you guys going to college soon. Some of you guys are about to go to high school. Some of you guys are about to go to middle school. There's times in our lives that we're going to be really freaked out and afraid. 
But here is what that doesn't mean. That doesn't mean we can just go, I'm afraid. I'm not moving anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. I'm just going to kind of push pause on my life and my relationship with God. I'm not going to move forward in, in faith. I'm just going to sit back and be afraid. Kind of like the wicked servant in Matthew chapter 25. I was afraid. I didn't know what to do. So I hid my talent in the ground. I didn't do anything with what I was given because I was really freaked out. We're about to sing a song that we learned at camp that, that's incredible about, man, I don't know what's coming, but I'm stepping out of the boat onto the water because I know that you've called me to trust you, God. Even though I'm afraid, I know my fear never produces any fruit in my life, ever, 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 ever. Fear never produces fruit. Faith in a good God produces fruit. And here's what the master says. He calls him wicked. I mean, that's kind of harsh. You wicked and lazy servant. Like, we don't ever say the word wicked unless we're talking about, like, you know, like the play. That's basically the only time we say the word wicked, okay? But this is, this is a harsh word. Here's what it means, I think, as we read this, is this master is very serious about what he's given. Very, very serious. Because when you do nothing with it, the man's called wicked. So a couple key things real quick before we finish up. A couple key things I want us to see out of this story. The first thing is this. Your life is important. Your life matters. Some of you right now are like, yeah, dude, you don't know my life. You don't know my family situation. You don't know how I'm treated. Man, I just got done going through hell at my school being bullied in May, and I got to go back to that in September, and you have no idea what I go through. Don't tell me my life matters. Here's what I can tell you. Your life matters, and you were given that life by a good master. You say, I don't believe you. If you don't believe that, I want you to do something right now. I want you to write down a Bible verse, and I'm going to read it. I I tweeted it out this week because every time I come across this verse, I just get my mind blown with how amazing God is uh, because I was kind of tracking through the book of Romans in my own personal time, and I came across this verse, and I had it underlined already, and I underlined it again because sometimes I feel worthless. Sometimes you feel worthless. Sometimes you go through life and you go, what's the point of this, man? Is this all meaningless? Does my life even matter? If you haven't got there, you will. When you step into high school and it's not as cool as junior high, or you step into college and it's way scarier than high school, and and sometimes you go, does life even matter? Yeah, your life matters. In fact, your life was worth the death of Jesus. That's a mind bomb. That Jesus died so that you could live. So your life is worth that death. Romans chapter 8, verse 38 and 39. Man, put this in your car. Put this on your mirror so you first see it when you wake up. Put it on your ceiling before you go to sleep so you can read it. Because if you ever feel worthless, this is the bomb in the Bible that says you are not worthless. Here's what it says in Romans chapter 8, verse 38 and 39. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither fears or today, fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power on the sky, in the sky above or the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Your life matters. If you never heard that before, that's the Bible screaming that at you. Your life matters. Here's the deal. We read that, and if we're honest, sometimes we go, yeah, 
God loves me, man. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. And, and then we throw our lives headlong into this stuff. Well, here's what I can tell you is you can't put any of these things in place of God in that verse and it work. Let's try it. Nothing can ever separate me from my cash. Neither death nor... N- That's wrong. Cash is going to go. Cash is going to come. So is my reputation. So is the new things. So are my relationships. So are all those things. What is the only thing that is suitable to fit in that verse? The love of God. Your life really, really, really matters. Here's the second thing. Your life matters. The second part of that is, but it can be wasted. Your life absolutely matters. You were given a life by a really, really good, gracious master. But the reality is because of sin and because of our, our will that God has given us, we can waste that life. We saw that. And Shia LaBeouf goes, man, I have everything, and I don't know what I'm living for. Tom Brady, same story. So how do you not waste your life? How do you not go through this life chasing things that won't satisfy and not waste your life. I want to kind of give you a a statement and then we're going to um, talk a little bit about how this kind of has correlated with camp. By the way, I think that's awesome. We planned this in like May. I'm teaching on the talents on July 28th. And then as we kind of got closer, I'm like, dude, camp and everything we learned about camp kind of goes right along with this. And that's why God's awesome. But here's, here's the statement before we get this. How do you not waste your life? Look at it on the screen. The only way to not waste a life is for a life, for it to be lived connected to Jesus Christ. I know that's like, that's not politically correct. That's not going to go on the headlines of CNN, but that's the truth of God's word. The only way, I don't care how much of this stuff you can stockpile up and you think, how am I wasted my life? Look at all the joy that I've had. Well, we're going to be like the guy who dug a hole in the ground and did nothing with the life that God gave us. The only way to not waste a life is for it to be lived, connected to Jesus Christ. I love the way that camp kind of, in both camps, CIY move, CIY mix, both camps kind of painted this picture for us. I love it. Is they said this, use your life for something or be a kingdom worker. Some of you guys remember that from camp. Hopefully you, you remember that. That's a big, huge, I mean, that's like everything we teach at Hope, but like said differently, which is awesome because you say it differently and it kind of all makes sense. Be a kingdom worker. What does that mean? Well, if you didn't go to camp or you forgot, check it out on the screen. Here's a definition of a kingdom worker. Anyone who uses whatever God has given them to invest in the kingdom of God. Is that a family? Yeah. Man, use your family, serve your family, be Jesus in your family for the kingdom of God. If that means you starting an organization or planning a run, a lot of you guys opened up your kingdom cards and there's a ton of stuff in there where you can be a kingdom worker and you can say, God, I'm gonna do this and trust you and invest in your kingdom and not waste my life, but give it to something that outlasts it. Give it to something that's gonna go further than Scott Worthington. Because I'm I'm temporary very temporary on this earth. But when you get involved in the kingdom and you start living your life in a relationship with Jesus and he starts fleshing out kingdom work in you, stuff lasts. One of the things we learned at camp, again, at both camps that they talked about in the life of Joseph is this. 
how do you, what's one way to be a kingdom worker? It's, it's a very simple way. It's to be faithful in the small things. And just be faithful. You say, man, I, I don't know how to not waste a life, but what do I do tomorrow? Like, I'm all about, I don't want to waste my life. What do I do tomorrow when I wake up and I have a few more weeks of summer and then I go to school? What do I do? Well, man, you just be faithful in the small things. I, I, I believe that's all the five-talent guy and the two-talent guy did. I don't think they were huge spiritual giants. They just said, man, I've been given something and I'm going to go do something with it. It might be small, but their investment's huge. I talked to one guy at camp. Um, I forget who it was. I don't know if it was junior high camp or high school camp. It just kind of blended together for some of me. But I, I had a conversation with one of you. Maybe you're in this room. But I said, man, what's one takeaway from camp that you're bringing home next week? And this guy, I forget who it was, but he was like, um, I'm going to start doing the dishes in my house. And you think, wow, 350 bucks to do dishes. Like, big win, right? No, that's a huge win. Because he's like, yeah, that's kind of been an issue in my house, and I never did the dishes, and it was a real big issue. Awesome. Man, go home and be a kingdom worker in front of the dishwasher and do the dishes. Why? Because you have no idea how that can serve your family and serve the kingdom of God. And you're like, that's way too small. Nothing's too small when it's pointed toward the kingdom of God. Nothing. Zero is too small when your heart says, God, I want this to be for your kingdom. I want to turn this to your kingdom. I don't want to waste my life. I want to take what you've given me, and I want to invest it in eternity. I don't want to be the one talent guy. I don't think Isabel's here tonight, but she tweeted something out this week. And I got to be honest with you, normally when people like tweet blogs and stuff, I don't read them because there's like so many, you like, that's all you do all day. But for whatever reason, I just clicked on this one and Isabel Gebhardt tweeted it. And uh, it was a, a story of uh, just this guy who it was basically about being faithful in the small things. And the story read like this. There was a guy one day, nobody knew his name. He was in the shadows. He was a nobody, but he said, uh, he didn't say it like this, but he was a kingdom worker. He's just a guy that loved Jesus. And so he shared his faith and his relationship with God with somebody else. And they said, yeah, I want that, man. I need that. And they gave their life to Christ. And then that person shared their life and shared their relationship with God and shared their faith with somebody else who gave their life to Christ. And then he gave his life to Christ until they gave, one guy gave his life to Christ. And he was a young teenager named Billy Graham. Now, what's the first guy's name? I have no idea. I mean, the blog said it, but I just rushed past it because I never even heard of the guy. But Billy Graham, if you don't know, is a guy who's literally preached the gospel all around the world to millions of people. And listen, I'm not highlighting Billy Graham and saying he's like this amazing. Listen, Billy Graham's just another guy that's being a kingdom worker. But so is the first guy who led the first guy who led the first guy and the next guy and the next guy who led Billy Graham to Christ. They're both kingdom workers. And as soon as they get to heaven, here's what happens. Well done. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You did very well with what I gave you. Here's the reality tonight, just as, as we close the band, you guys can get ready to come up. Don't come up quite yet, but the reality is tonight, you have two choices. You have two roads you can walk down. Everyone, not just you, the whole world. You can either invest your life in something that is going to outlast it. 
in eternity. You can be the five-talent guy and the two-talent guy and understand what the master gave you in your life is very, very precious to the master. He takes it very seriously. And you can say, God, I want to be a kingdom worker. You don't have to say it like that. You can say, God, I just want to be used by you. I just want to live my life for you. But your whole life is saying, God, what would you have me do at my school next year? Or would you have me just start doing the dishes at my house? Or how would you have me serve my siblings? Or how would you have me change uh, the world in another context? How would you have me go overseas this year? Or how would you have me serve in different contexts around our city? You're just asking God, God, I don't want to waste my life. That's one option. You could do that. And that's the hope. The other option is you can dig a hole. You can listen to sermons like this. And you can say, yeah, I bury the life, cover it, do whatever you want. And again, we don't know. We read this sometimes and we think it was like two days. This could literally be the story that Jesus is telling. He could literally have have insinuated years and years and years where these people are waiting for the master to return, kind of like we're waiting for Jesus to return. I think that's the reason Jesus said it like that. But we we come to a place where we say, I'm I'm just going to bury this this whole God cares and God gave me this life and I'm just going to do whatever I want. And I'm going to chase with all my heart and soul these things. Because here's the lie we started with. Everything you read, everything you see on Twitter, everything you see on TMZ, everything you see anywhere you go in this world is going to say, get all that stuff and as much of it as you can. And I promise you, you'll be happy. And so some people bury their lives and they say, that's what I'm about. And one day. I don't say this to freak anybody out. This is just reality, man. This is just what the word of God says. That's all I can tell you. One day, every single person is going to stand before the master, just like these three guys did. Every person. And two options are going to happen. One is going to be the people who are faithful and the people who said, God, I want to invest my life in your kingdom. And this is what's going to happen. Well done. Nobody knew your name. Maybe people knew your name. Maybe you're Billy Graham. Maybe you're four people who shared Jesus with Billy Graham. And nobody knows your name, but well done. You did well with what you were given. Enter into the joy of your master. And some of us are going to walk up there and be like, God, it's crazy. It's real. God's real. God, you would never believe what level I got to on tiny wings. Like, that's my life. God, I won so many awards because of all the degrees I got. You have no idea. Like, are you super impressed with me? I, I, my whole life was about my education and all the money that I could accumulate and all of the status and reputation that I could get in my job. And God, I got that corner office. You'd be so proud of me. You think, yeah, that's crazy. There's so many people on planet earth today that do that, that really think if I could just get here, I'll get into heaven because look what I've done. It has nothing to do with what you've done. Jesus has a huge purpose for your life and every life on the planet. Again, remember, your life is worth the death of Jesus. I don't know where I heard that this week, or maybe I just journaled that this week. I just kind of, as I was writing this sermon, I just kind of came to that. That's huge, but it's true. Your life, as worthless as you think it might be, your life was worth the death of Jesus Christ. Dang, I hope we don't bury that in the ground and say, yeah, I'm going to do my own thing. 
The parable of the talents today says just be faithful with where he's called you to be faithful. That's in your home or your school or your community or in your church. Man, just be about his kingdom. Just like we learned all week at camp, both junior high and high school, man, it's all about God's kingdom. You weren't placed on this earth just to enjoy a bunch of stuff. You can enjoy a bunch of stuff and be involved in his kingdom. And that's his purpose. parable of the talents has huge significance and here's here's what it is it's it's a road sign it's a it's a warning sign to us i believe to say this don't waste your life you can but don't 